You are Locked On Pit, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, folks, welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am Nick Fairbaugh, and I work for Pittsburgh Sports now at WPTS Radio Station, and I am an ACC Network production assistant. We got a good episode coming up today. Virginia Tech, they lost to Notre Dame. What are the first impressions from watching Virginia Tech lose to Notre Dame? What are their strengths? What are some of their weaknesses? We'll also make sure to talk about Pitt men's soccer. Hey, man, they're number one in the Coastal but there could be trouble looming on the horizon. All that and more coming up here on Locked on Pit. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. And as usual, thank you for making the Locked on Pit podcast your first listen. Every day we are available on all platforms. Make sure to leave a five-star review as well and folks Virginia Tech lost to Notre Dame but man this was a competitive game in Blacksburg Blacksburg was rocking and man that might be other than on the field stuff I mean this is going to be a very hostile environment you know you thought Knoxville was a hostile environment I think this might be even more hostile than going to Knoxville man pitch two and seven in Blacksburg all time okay Pat Narduzzi has won in Blacksburg. However, however, he hasn't won there in about half a decade. So Virginia Tech kind of going to Blacksburg has routinely for Pitt been something that they haven't really done a lot of. You know, Pitt's obviously their negative four favorites right now on betonline.ag. So they are favored by four points. And there's, I think, good reason for that. You know, here's the thing. Pitt's going to a hostile environment. They've proven they can win in hostile environments. They've beaten not, uh, Tennessee and Knoxville, a team that now looks pretty good. Obviously, there's the Western Michigan loss, which was at home. But, you know, you look at that now, and you're a lot more disappointed. But you have won at Tennessee. You have won at Georgia Tech. And, again, both those teams won this week. So you look at that, and now all of a sudden you're like, well, we're battle-tested on the road. We're going to a very hostile environment in Virginia Tech. But, hey, listen, we have a senior quarterback who's been to Virginia Tech and almost won in Virginia Tech. Listen, the young Kenny Pickett almost willed the, the Pitt Panthers to a win here, right? I'm certain y'all remember that game, the goal line stop uh, and, and everything, all those fiascos. You know, I, I'll say this. My first thing that I really want to do with Virginia Tech is just dissect kind of why I think Pitt matches up really well against them. Because I do. I really do. You know, it's not like, to me, Virginia Tech's some um, great team. I'm not even a huge fan, necessarily, of what I've seen from... Virginia Tech this year. But since they've joined the ACC, 
Pitt lost to Virginia Tech 19-9 in Blacksburg. They beat them under Pat Narduzzi 17-13 in Blacksburg. They lost them 20-14 in Blacksburg. And then they lost them 28 to nothing. Obviously, that 2019 game was awful. Just awful. But Pitt now has something where they can go in there and they don't know who the quarterback's going to be. Listen, Braxton Burmeister got hurt. His backup got hurt. So, if you're Pitt, you don't have to prepare for one quarterback. You don't have to prepare for two quarterbacks. Man, you might have to prepare for three quarterbacks. I guess that also comes with its advantages and disadvantages. For one, the advantage is, well, it's a third-string quarterback. And quite honestly, I don't think anyone expects the third-string quarterback to be anything great. You know, Burmeister himself, I don't think, listen, I'm not... I'm not here to hate on Braxton Burmeister or anything. I'm just not all that impressed with Braxton Burmeister. I think he's fine. He's tough. He's a really good leader. He's the type of quarterback that if I were playing for a college football team, I would really rally around. He seems like a great leader, but I don't think he has great arm talent. I don't think he's particularly accurate. He's elusive, but he's not elusive in the way that, say, a Hendon Hooker is elusive. So that doesn't scare me a ton. I think, you know, Pitt matches up well against that. And that's the thing here for me. Pitt matches up extremely well against the Virginia Tech offense. The biggest thing is, you know, they have guys like Travion Robinson, Raheem Blackshear, uh, Trey Turner. These guys, right, are really quick, elusive guys. And I think that's the biggest thing when you're looking at kind of, well, where does Virginia Tech get the leg up on a pit defense that has allowed a lot of explosive plays? That's where it is. And that doesn't matter who the quarterback is because you can just throw a quick screen play or a quick, or a quick swing pass and get a really good gain out of that. That's kind of the biggest issue, in my opinion, when this defense goes up against that offense. I think Pitt has the corner talent to really beat. Virginia Tech down, but you can get specific touches to guys like Travion Robinson or Trey Turner or Brahim Blackshear. You know, those guys are really solid football players and they're very elusive. So you can do reverses, handoffs, stuff like that. Get them in space, pitches, stuff like that. Get them in space because, again, I don't think, regardless of who the quarterback is, I wouldn't be particularly scared at the Virginia Tech quarterback situation. And with their injuries and kind of the whole situation going on there, and I didn't think they were all that great against Notre Dame, to be quite honest with you. I thought it was more of the, you know, there was a, it was a gutsy performance by Burmeister, that's for sure. The touchdown was good. But I didn't think he was all that great. He was missing a lot of passes. He was making some errant decisions. I didn't think it was a great performance by Burmeister. Gutsy, yes. Great? No. And he doesn't particularly strike fear into the heart of me when, you know, I've seen Caleb Ellaby and I've seen Hendon Hooker already. I'm just saying. I think he's, you know, he's probably he he's probably the fourth best quarterback they faced. I mean, Jeff Sims is more elusive on the ground. Take it for what you will. That's all I'm saying.
All right, folks, let's talk about that, you know, Virginia Tech defense, kind of what they're doing and Kenny Pickett and the offense. Really maneuver around them. They're a talented bunch. But first, I want to let you know about Prize Picks. Have you heard about Prize Picks? Because Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Prize Picks is the leader in college sports daily fantasy. Prize Picks offers more college football props than anyone in the world and offers all the star players of the Power Five as well as the mid major players you might not have even heard of. So, folks, guess what? You receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Just be sure to use the promo code LOCKED ON. It gets the promo code LOCKED ON. So, how does this work? You pick two to five players and an over under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just up to you versus the projected numbers. And they also allow mixed sport entries. So, feel free to do that as well. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. So don't hesitate to check out prizepicks.com and use the promo code locked on or go to your app store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit podcast. And as always, thank you for making Locked On Pit your first listen every day. And folks, let's talk about Virginia Tech's defense, a very talented defense, in my opinion. However, we do have to put a note on this. You know, guys that will be missing next week, there's going to be no Dax Holofield for that first half. He got ejected for a targeting call. So, essentially, they're missing their captain. He came into the Notre Dame game leading them in tackles for loss and tied for the team lead in sacks. It's a big loss for them. He's their Mike linebacker. That's a really big loss. So, they're going to put a freshman in Dean Ferguson in there instead I mean for a defense that's very stout against the run and Holyfield's obviously a huge part of that not having your guy like that I think personally not having a guy like Holyfield there who's your captain who's very experienced who is viewed as a leader man that's a big loss for them and and that's not to say they can't you know overcome that they certainly could but you have to put that into respect that they have to replace a guy not only that is a great leader but also that is very productive on the football field and that's the biggest thing I think you know this is a really good team still and a really good defense and I think that's the biggest thing when you look at this defense overall what sticks out about the defense? Well, first of all, the secondary, I think, sticks out. Maybe they don't have a ton of ball production. Yes, Jermaine Waller did have the pick six last night. Um, or, sorry, Saturday night, rather. Um, but when you look at that defense, that's their strength. Jermaine Waller's been here for a long time. He's a really good cover corner. And he's a guy that when you look at him, you're like, yeah, that's probably the dude that you want to just avoid. He's their lockdown guy. But they still have a few really talented players, for example. You know, Dorian Strong is a freshman starting. He's had a decent start to the year. He's been fine. Shamari Connor has played well out of the nickel for them. They do play a little bit of nickel. You know, and I mean traditional nickel. They'll also go with the 4-2-5 stack, the 3-3-5. They're very multi-dimensional offense, uh, defense rather. Um, so they'll, they'll run a, diff, a bunch of different packages. 
But they also do get pressure, and they got a lot of pressure on those Notre Dame quarterbacks, Jack Cohn, um, last night as well. Um, but you look at really what they do, and it's kind of a similar story to me where they haven't faced an offense like Pitt. No one really has. I mean, to be fair, it's very tough to simulate an offense like Pitt because Pitt hasn't stumbled at all this year, right? But if there's a concern, it would be that, hey, look at this. Georgia Tech didn't get any pressure on Pickett, right? They really didn't. They blitzed three, they dropped eight, and they got crushed. So what's the antithesis to that? It's obviously to bring the, the heat. We haven't seen, I think, a team truly commit to, man, let's just outright blitz Kenny Pickett and punch him in the mouth consistently. We haven't seen a team do that yet. Now, I don't know if Georgia Tech's going to be the first one to do that, but that's what they have to come plan for, right? The offensive line has to be planned for that. So when you look at that overall and you showcase, man, Georgia Tech's, uh, Georgia Tech average coming to the game four sacks per game, and now you look at what Virginia Tech comes in, they average three sacks per game. That's fourth in the ACC. Well, you're going to have to deal with that. They also average about six tackles for loss a game. That's really good. Really, really good. You know, they forced eight turnovers so far this year. Georgia Tech didn't have that type of production defensively. Virginia Tech does. So this is kind of the thing when you're looking at the defense. Am I saying that in any way I'm scared and saying, whoa, Kenny Pickett won't have time or won't be able to dice up this defense? I don't think so. I think he will be able to because we've seen them do it so well. No one has stopped them. And man... Listen, the Tennessee defense looks a lot better than we thought it was. I don't think the Georgia Tech defense is as stout as it was when we were talking about it, but I don't think it's bad either. And I'll say that. And I, you know, listen, this is a defense in Virginia Tech that just is talented. But when you look at what the, the Pitt has done against them in the past, they blew them out last year. They ran the ball well, but they can pass it now too. In the running game, if the running game is like how it has been the past two weeks, man, you could see something here. I think pitches matches up well. Because again, this isn't a really speedy secondary either. So you're going to have deep shots, I think. You're going to have opportunities. It's a solid defense. Don't get me wrong. It's one of the better ones left on the schedule. I just don't know if it's an elite defense with seven interceptions. It's a group of ball hawks. You're going to have to worry about that. But Pitt, I think, is going to be decently well-equipped to face this team. And again, this isn't a complete defense. They're going to be missing Dax Holofield. And I do think that overall, I think Pitt should be able to neutralize them. But expect the blitz to come hard. That is what Pitt should expect. All right, folks, let's talk about that Pitt men's soccer team. What should you expect from Pitt men's soccer going forward? Huge win over Duke. But first, let me talk to you about Built Bar. Built Bar has nine delicious flavors, and when you talk about Built Bar, 
you can't miss out on all nine of these delicious flavors. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So guess what, folks? If you don't know which one's your favorite yet, you can get a mix box with two of, e two of each of the nine flavors. Have a shot at it. And it's also very healthy. 17 to 18 grams of protein, only 130 to 180 calories, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net, net carbs. So that is nine amazing flavors. They're all tasty, and they are all healthy. So go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCK15. Again, that's the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Pit podcast. Let's get at it. How about this men's soccer team? Now, first in the Coastal, we had the Rockies start, obviously, the losses to West Virginia and Akron. But, folks, it is not looking bad right now if you are the Pittsburgh men's soccer team. They were really few key wins. Obviously, the loss to Wake is a little bit of a stinger now as well, but... You crush North Carolina. You beat an undefeated, in conference play at least, Duke team that before this game had looked straight up dominant, hadn't allowed more than two goals since the last time they played Pitt. In fact, their last road loss was almost a year ago at UNC. So Pitt, continuing their dominance at home, they have been straight up unbeatable at home. I believe this is now their 16th straight win at home at Ambrose Urbanic Field. Um, just a very unbelievable environment. The, the crowd was roaring. It was a really tough environment for Duke to come into. And, man, granted, Duke had had themselves a little bit of a game, but Pitt really in the first half got after it. 13 shots in the first half alone. Only four in the second half, but, you know, those four counted, man. Two of those goals, of course, off the foot of Filip Mirkovic. And Mirkovic getting both of those goals assisted by Guillermo Feitosa. Feitosa has been a bit of a revelation as well. He's really played well. Obviously, the game-winning goal against Syracuse in that two-overtime thriller game had another goal. Now, two assists as well to go along with that. Just a phenomenal game overall. If you're Feitosa. A really great game. Jacasson is heating up. There are some issues here. Going forward obviously. It was a costly game. There were two. Bad things. Obviously Petkovic is out. First of all. So you lose Petkovic. To what sounds like some type of injury. He didn't play. Um, we heard that on the broadcast, of course, that Petkovic was out because of an injury. So, who knows when he will return. Same goes for Arturo Ordonez. He got hurt. He's been a stalwart in that center back room. And, man, losing him would be a big blow. You know, no no, no disrespect to Lu Lucas Matasevsky. But, man, he's a very unproven player. And they don't know what they have there. Now, they have depth. But replacing Ordonez and Petkovic is hard. And then, and then, 
Loffelson gets two yells and then red carded. And of course, that means he has to miss the next match. So you're not going to be with Loffelsund. You're going to be without Loffelsund on the road next Saturday in South Bay. That's a bit of a tough one to swallow. You know? That's a tough one to swallow if you're Pitt. Now, you hope that that week off gives Ordonez and Petkovic and those guys enough time to recover, but this is an injury-riddled team now suddenly that could be down three starters heading into enemy territory. But you're 8-3, 4-1 in the conference. You're feeling good about it. Certainly your attack has been deadly. You know, Pitt has allowed a little bit too much penetration into the box, especially on those crosses and on those, when you get those quick guys, you know, Thor Olferson had a big game against Pitt. He's having a big game against everybody, to be fair. He's been phenomenal this year. But it's kind of those things, right? Where Pitt hasn't been able to neutralize some of the top talent they faced. And, and that's kind of what you need to do. But a huge win. You're feeling good about it. The offense is humming. You know, they've scored two or more goals in their last four games. They've grinded out some really tough wins as well. The Syracuse win, obviously. On the road at Clemson was a big win. This Duke game, huge win for Pitt. Now on a really nice four-game win streak after losing on the road uh, to Wake Forest. That was something that really, really, I think, stuck with them. And Pitt, man, they're just feeling it. I think they're just feeling it better. And listen, (laughs) Feitosa had, my bad, Feitosa had three assists. So he was also credited with an assist on the Jackasone goal. I mean, that's absurd. That is absurd. But great to see. Great to see. And they also did something that they really haven't been able to do. I think more importantly, when they, when teams score first on them, it feels like they get backed up and kind of get backed up into a wall. They fought back on this one. And you know, Duke was kind of pressing up on them at first, but they forced them to back off because they were breaking that pressure. It was a really nice job, and, and Duke was making a lot of adjustments there in the midfield. But Pitt was kind of responding to them and, and kind of taking it to them in the first half. And it was really good to see that. In the second half, they kind of came up much more aggressively, uh, Duke did, and and took it to Pitt in the the defensive zone. Pitt kind of trailed back a little bit, tried to filter through the boundaries, essentially, and tried to filter through the wings. Um, But they didn't obviously do that too well because they got a lot of opportunities there in the box and and right up the middle. Um, But one thing that you do look at is Pitt was really good at breaking that press, kind of breaking the triangle that that Duke tried to set up, the triangle of defenders there in the midfield and on the wing, and they were able to really break that. And a lot of that was due to Jack Asson's great ball handling. Fatosta had some pretty moments as well. You know, they were, they were a lot of pretty moments in terms of the ball pressing in this game. And, and the thing is, they fought back because over the last two seasons, Pitt was 1-7 when the opponent scored first. Of course, the last time they also defeated a team that scored the first goal was Duke on March 19th, 2021. 
But this was really, really good for Pitt. They got a few corner kicks. They got a few really key things. And I think overall, Pitt's looking good. They have crafty guys. The injuries are a bit concerning. But man, what a big win. They're battle-tested, and they are now lead the Coastal. It's kind of in their destiny now. They can see the Coastal title right in their view site. And man, Pitt should definitely... Look to win the Coastal. As long as these injuries aren't too bad, they can get Petkovic Lofelson, of course. will be back after the Notre Dame game. Um, and hopefully Ardonia's injury is not too bad as well. That would be the hope. But Pittman Sucker definitely on the upswing right now as it comes to a halt. And they will try and get to the ACC Championship game and win that Coastal Divisional title. Alright, folks. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Pit your first listen, but make sure to make Locked On ACC your second listen. Get all of your daily ACC news in less than 30 minutes with ACC expert Candace Cooper. It's free and available on all platforms. All right, folks, thanks for listening, and as always, hail to Pit.